Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Welcome to the No Spin News Weekend Edition. All right, so uh, everybody knows that uh, millions and millions and millions and millions of voters don't like either Trump or Biden. And that looks like the choice, unless there's a third party. So RFK Jr. is floating around on a third party thing, and he polls between 13 and 22 percent. That's where RFK Jr. is polling now, but I think he's about 15 percent, and I think that's as high as he'll go. Number one is have any money. Number two, he's a conspiracy guy. A lot of conspiracies out there. Uh, number three, obviously, Kennedy's are Democrats. His own family won't vote for him. That's not good. So how about somebody else on a third party? Well, there is a movement called No Labels Party. The founding chair is the former senator from Connecticut, Democrat Joe Lieberman. Actually, he's an independent. I should correct myself there joins us now from New York. Before we get to the no labels, and we always appreciate you coming on. You're an honest, smart guy. Um, before you. we get to no labels, my analysis of the border bill, you say? Yeah, no, I think you're raising some really good questions. Actually, you've been over it, I must admit, more than I have. Uh, bottom line, though, the question is, and in the way you, you asked it, is if this bill passes, is it better than the status quo? And, um, uh, you know, it's the old uh, phrase that always is used on Capitol Hill, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Uh, it sounds to me like it probably would be somewhat better than the status quo. My guess is, uh, so long as they can get 60 votes, in the Senate, they got to get some Republicans to uh, say they want to take it up, passes the Senate. I hope the Republicans um, come up in the House, come up with their own bill. Even more, I hope that our no labels bipartisan uh, problem solvers caucus in the House comes up with a bipartisan bill that's better than the one in the Senate 
because this is a crisis. I, I just say, I agree with everything you said about the crisis. I mean, it, I'm, I'm pro-immigration. All four of my grandparents came here from Europe. I think immigrants have added a lot to the country and still do, but you can't, uh, you must have rules. You can't have open borders. And uh, I think that I've been really thinking lately, Bill, about the fact that on a lot of polls, uh, voters in America now say that the border security immigration is their number one concern. And that's really fascinating to me because for instance, inflation affects more people personally than border security. And I think what's going on here is that the border security, uh, a breakdown of our immigration system uh, is not only a problem in itself, but it's now become a symbol of the incompetence of our government and uh, the failure of the rule of law in our society. And so people are, it's part of why people are so pessimistic about the future and angry about the government. And that probably helps the out party, which in this case is uh, President Trump. So I guess I'd say good questions, uh, but I hope it doesn't die. I hope they, because uh, it's Yeah, so I mean, serious. I would like to see, uh, uh, I think you're right, that the House should come up with its own bill. All right, but I, right. I always put myself in your shoes. So if I'm sitting in the Senate, and it doesn't matter what party, but no matter what party I'm in, my first concern is what's good for the American people. Right. And what we have now is terrible. Everybody knows it. But is this bill good for the American people? They would have to show me, Schumer would have to show me, and he couldn't. One benefit of this bill for my family, one. Yeah. There isn't any. Well, I, I look at the asylum is a great idea. People persecuted can come into the country, but it's been so corrupted and abused oh, and made into right. a joke. Right. So this does seem like it tightens that a bit. Is it as what it really does, should happen? That's an no. excellent point. It does tighten because it says you have to prove, all right, that you couldn't live in another section of your own country or right. you couldn't settle in Mexico because you just walked through there or Guatemala, yeah. wherever it may be. But that can be, that's, there are some parts of this bill that could be incorporated, but you're never right. gonna get any efficiency. And you know this better than anybody on earth, Senator. You can't just snap your fingers and have this kind of an equation be put into law. You've got to have no. a cooling off period. You've got to reorganize and at the same time, stabilize cities like New York, which are going bankrupt, paying the entitlements for the migrants. Right? Yeah, I tell you, it's a really provocative but idea you come up with, which is to basically to close the border down for six months. Yeah. And uh, I, think it, I think it's a good idea uh, in the sense that, listen, I think it would actually be good for Biden even though it'll upset people on the left. Of sure Democratic it would. Party. If he would yeah. do that, it would show that he cared about it. He's been to the border once, Senator, once. I mean, yeah. just that fact so, alone. He's no, been- I, I agree. Yeah, he's taken yeah. Hunter out to dinner more times than he's been to the border. All right, let's get yeah. on to the, the no labels. So it's pretty getting pretty late in the game. Right. for a third party to get on all the ballots in all 50 states to raise the cash you're going to need 
Um, Manchin making a little rumbling that he might want to be interested in right. it, that kind of a thing. So tell us where it stands. Okay, we're working really hard to get on the ballots and we're making progress. This, thing, this is what I worry about most and I bother the no-label staff about the, what they tell me we're on target and we're going to do it. We've said all along that we make a decision, a go or no go, uh, after Super Tuesday, right around March 15th. We're on schedule to do that. Now we're at the decision-making time. We're talking to potential candidates for president and vice president uh, who we reached out to or who reached out to us. We have some really substantial people interested. Some of them uh, are known and some of them are not known. They'd be su surprises. But um, I, I feel like uh, we're, we're ready to make a decision uh, by March. And again, we're only going to do it if we think we actually have a plausible chance to win and we're not going to spoil it for one party or another. I do want to say when I say a plausible chance to win based on the bad track record of, of third parties in America since Lincoln in 1860, that we got to remember that in every state in America, except Maine and Nebraska, the electoral votes for the state go to the, the candidates that get the majority of votes. So if you've got um, a Trump, Biden, um, the RFK Jr., Cornell West, et cetera, you know, you could get the, the majority, the largest number of votes in a state and have like 33, 34, 35% of the vote. And, and we think right now that the kind of ticket we're looking at can do that. And therefore it's, it's probably worth doing, but we haven't made the decision. We're going to do it by uh, middle of March. And then uh, if we do it, we're going to, work really hard to do, give the American people the third choice. They yeah, and that's a good thing. They want. Now, it wouldn't yes. be you. Right? You you don't want to run again, no. do you? No. Right. So Manchin, Manchin is uh, is right now the main focus, but you guys got other. You want to drop a couple of names on us? I, I wish I could, but they'll kill me, you know. But Manchin is, I'll protect Manchin you. deserves. <laughs> I know you Man, and you'd be a good protector. Man, Manchin you. definitely deserves consideration. Larry Hogan has been a uh, Larry former, Hogan, uh, former governor of Maryland, right? Good guy, Republican, right. uh, centrist, you know. Yep. And then there's some others that nobody's talking about, which we're excited about. So we'll right. see what, what we end up doing. All right, whatever you decide to do, uh, please let us know. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate, I know how busy you are. Thank you for uh, coming and talking to my audience on radio and television. We're now, you know, millions all over the world because of uh, YouTube and the Internet. We're reaching colossal amount of people and it's important they hear yeah, what you no, have to hey, say hey bill it's my uh, it's a pleasure for me i, I really i admire you i appreciate you i even read your books so, <laughs> I know. Uh, well i'm going to say to be i honest. told you before the interview uh, we we're off there i'm going to send you confronting the presidents because i think that's good. the best book i've ever written it'll be out in september but you'll get oh, it in okay. advance okay. thank you that's senator we appreciate it stay well take care have okay a good day. you too you're listening to the No Spin News Weekend Edition. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been delivering on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. Heroes who put their lives on the line to protect our country and our communities. Heroes like Bristol, Connecticut Police Sergeant Dustin DeMonte. After responding to a domestic violence incident, he sustained fatal gunshot wounds. He left behind his expectant wife and two children. 
Thanks to the generosity of people like you, Tunnel to Towers paid the mortgage on the DeMonte family home, lifting a financial burden. As his loved ones mourned the decorated officer's loss, they welcomed a miracle, the child he would never get to meet. So many families need your help. Please help America's heroes and their young families. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. 95 cents out of every dollar you donate goes to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth, delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe, download now the truth. Okay. I want another perspective from a guy who uh, has been working this for got to be 25 years. I used to have him on the O'Reilly Factor, and now I've had him on the No Spin News a number of times. Stephen Camerata is the director of research for the Center for Immigration Studies. Um, Okay. Border Patrol Union says, good bill, we ought to sign this bill, we need this bill. You say? Um, I I can't speak for them, but it doesn't seem like the bill does the things that we need. It has all kinds of other things that are kind of a democratic wish list, and I'm not just talking about Ukraine. I'm talking about other things like increasing green cards, but it also puts into uh, legislation and law policies of the Biden administration that have greatly accelerated illegal immigration. So it seems very counterproductive, but I'm assuming what they like is, you know, more resources for uh, the Border Patrol. It's more spending, more hiring, that kind of thing. And bureaucracies usually favor that, regardless of the underlying policy. And that may be what's going on here. Well, the thinking is this is is better than the chaos we have now. Anything is better. That's the thinking. Um, Did you read the bill, Steve? I have reviewed the bill and spoken to people who are attorneys who've gone through it piece by piece. So I've read big sections of it. In your opinion, and we got to keep this simple because people can't possibly understand 370 pages of bureaucratic, uh, you know, uh, what is the most egregious part of the bill to you? Well, it's extraneous stuff. Why would you give out a whole bunch more green cards? What does that have to do with the border? Why do you allow uh, a policy that's being, here's a great irony, there's a policy that's being uh, challenged by 20 attorney generals that is letting what are called asylum officers, who often are not lawyers or anything, basically grant asylum. This is a new thing the Biden administration essentially um, created, including the, the attorney generals who are challenging it are from Oklahoma, where Senator Langsford's from, and also from uh, Kentucky, where... Um, the majority leader is from, the minority leader is from. Um, So we have a situation where literally they're putting into law a policy that is being challenged in court because it's making it so easy to get asylum. But probably the most egregious thing is the stuff that everyone's focused on. The border doesn't, quote, get shut down until we get a consistent day after day, like a week, of 5,000 new border encounters. So in other words, we have to get up to the record and then we quote, shut it down. But keep in mind that that doesn't even happen. 
because even when it's shut down, and remember the president doesn't have to shut it down, but he has the he can if he wants. We're still supposed to process 1,400 illegal immigrants and release them presumably into the United States. So we don't have a use. There's a thing called expedited removal. Let you send people back quick. We have a requirement for, say, asylum applicants to be detained. That's being ignored. So we're not using expedited removal. We're not going to be um, sending people back quickly. We're not going to detain them. We, as you point out, we had this sound policy remain in Mexico. We got rid of that. We got rid of the migration agreements we had with sending countries. Um, so what this essentially is is kind of, look, here's the thing about the Democrats, and this is not a, character, uh, a mischaracterization or a caricature. Their position is everyone in the developing world has the right to apply for asylum in the United States. And if the system is overwhelmed, they should be released into the United States. Right. Now, just so well, you know. That's certainly the Biden administration yeah, say. That's the position. But in the bill, let me play devil's advocate. There are new provisions for getting asylum. And they are, you got to prove that you couldn't move to another part of your own country for safety. You got to prove that you couldn't go to another country, which they can't because they're all marching through Mexico. You're already in another country. So it makes it harder, at least that's what it says in the bill, to get asylum once you get a hearing in the United States, which could be anywhere from three to eight years. And, that, and that's not going to lessen, even if they put in more people to adjudicate it. This is just too many right now. But yeah, two, two quick in the points. bill, One it tightens up what asylum, what the qualifications for asylum are. A, those provisions are already in the law. You can take into account as an, as an immigration judge whether the person could relocate <laughs> in their own country. You can, but they're not doing it. No. The, the other thing is you already have it in the law that if a person travels through a safe third country like Mexico and then comes here, they're really country shopping. They're not fleeing for their lives. And remember, that's what asylum is supposed to be. So right. there's no reason to believe that the Biden administration would implement something that's already in the books, even if the wording has slightly changed. They still want to let asylum officers play a role in this system of granting asylum, something that's never happened. They were only supposed to be there to weed folks out. In other words, we have all the provisions or most provisions are already on the books and they're not being enforced. There's no reason to think that saying them again, in effect, would have that much effect. And remember, sure, the if they're not going to be enforced and under a Democrat administration, whether it's Biden or Michelle Obama or whoever, um, yeah. the word is going to go out, let them in. OK, final yeah, I question. Think that's fair. Final question here. Biden is lying, in my opinion, when he says, give me the authority and I'll shut it down. Now, you've been doing this a long time. Trump's remain in Mexico policy was an executive order, correct? Yes, but we had to negotiate it with Mexico. Right. I don't care about Mexico at this point. So if Trump can do a remain in Mexico policy, where you couldn't come to the United States and wait for your asylum hearing, could not, okay? Biden can do the same thing, right? There's no reason he couldn't, right? That, that's right. a fair point. He could use expedited removal right now. He could use so detention. We could resign migration agreement, yes. And everybody in the media knows he's lying and doesn't challenge the lie. 
That is really serious. Right. I mean, the coverage of this without explaining to people that the border was largely under control. It is not the case there was a massive economic deterioration or massive new political oppression in the world, including in Latin America. That's not what caused this. Sure, America's richer. Life is better here. Uh, but that I mean, was look, true in 2019. That's not Kamala Harris it. knows it's the root causes, though. She'll explain all that. And, you know, Steve, I don't mind the 50,000 more green cards a year. I don't. Because there are industries that need labor in, in the farms and in the service industry. I don't mind that, as long as it's legal. But this thing is totally out of control. We appreciate your expertise, Steve. Thanks very much for helping us out. This is the No Spin News Weekend Edition. My Pillow. So everybody in the world knows My Pillow because they're geniuses at marketing. In fact, if Tucker Carlson retires from. Um, Media, he might take a job at MyPillow because that's how good MyPillow is. He spent a lot of money advertising and they advertise here on the No Spin News and we are happy to have them. So I try to vet all our ad people. Um, I can't vet some of it, but I got a MyPillow right on my bed and I got their, their slippers, okay? And they make them in my size, 13. And they're good. They wouldn't good, I, 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 I would tell you. But they are. They're good. So I'm happy. I'm happy that I got the pillow and the slippers and I and we have their ads. Now, as you know, the founder of uh, and CEO of MyPillow is Mike James Lindell. He's a Minnesota guy. He started from nothing. 2004, five employees. I think they got about 2000 employees now. Company's uh, worth about 390 million, but it has gotten hurt recently. Because for the past few years, Mr. Lindell has been in politically involved. He's a big Trump supporter, as everybody knows. And that has impacted my pillow and Mr. Lindell in a variety of ways. And he joins us now from Minneapolis. So in hindsight, you know, now that you've experienced the turbulence of the political world, would you have done anything different? Absolutely not. I want to secure our election platforms and I can't unsee what I've seen and I know what I know. I've, I've been asked that so many times. I would go down to the last thing. If we lose the American dream, if we lose our country, it's all gone anyway. So, Bill, I will fight till the very end and no matter what happens. And uh, we've got to secure our elections and that's okay. it. We have to have elections people trust. But it's costing you personally money to defend yourself against a variety of uh, actions. And then mm -hmm. customers, you know, I mean, my pillow is the same pillow for conservatives and liberals, right? But right. now my, some left wing people are going, ah, I don't buy that my pillow. <laughs> See, so you have the downside of being an activist, right? Well, I think it's it's not so much uh, the divide of Democrats that don't buy my pillow or uh, or Republicans or conservative or liberals. This has been more of an attack by a cancel culture than anything that has hurt my pillow. Uh, since August, when I came out with a plan to secure our elections, my pillow has been attacked more than they were in 2021. Uh, there was a, this cancellation. We've got the box stores and then the shopping channels and then TV networks. This is an all out attack because they want me to shut up about our election platforms, which I want to get to paper ballots and count it. Is that so bad? So I don't think you have. I, t I talk to people on the streets all the time. 
liberals, conservative, Democrat, it doesn't matter. They come up to me. They want, you know, their biggest question is, hey, are, are we going to, is our country going to be okay? Are we going to, you know, are you going to, are the elections going to be secure ever? And uh, like Argentina just had their big election with paper ballots. And I say, absolutely. If it's not, we, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're that's the original platform there. Everything else, borders and everything else manifests from our election. We All right, have let's clarify your vision here in the election process. Let's clarify that. So you want people to go on election day and vote. That's primarily at their polling place. That's that's number one, right? No, number one is paper ballots hand counted. That's number one It uh, to get rid of electronic com uh, computers in our elections. That's my number one. It always right, has So been. you want every every voter to have a piece of paper and they check where they want to check. And then they mm -hmm. give the piece of paper to somebody at the polling place? Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, okay. like it's done in UK, Venezuela, Germany, France. I mean, not Venezuela, Germany, France, UK, Netherlands, Argentina, Taiwan just had a great election. I got it. For All that. right. So no yeah. electronic stuff that may be right. Right. manipulated. You know, it's possible. Yep. No people early can't voting. get to the no, polls. No What's that? People, people can't get to the polls or they're out of town or they're out of the country or they're ill or they're elderly. Can they get paper ballots sent to them? They, uh, we need to go to the, uh, I don't know the, on that, but I do know that the RNC last uh, August put in a resolution, paper ballots, hand counted, same day voting, precinct level and signature required. That's the gold standard. That's of the gold standard but of the world. Mike. You got to right. address the people who can't get there on the day for whatever right. reason. You have to address well, that. Well, now, let me, they, let me just Bill, it used to be before the elections. It used to be you go prior to 2020. Yes, there was a way to do that. But you right. you signed up for it. You pre-registered. That's fine. Just like handicap. OK, you keep that the same. So there we have a certain amount of time where right. you can you can by mail uh, request a ballot and then you send the ballot in. That would be okay with you, right? As long as we have paper if, ballot. If you if you met the requirements, correct. But in 2020, okay. like Michigan, they dumped 7 million registered ballots all over Michigan, which was illegal. The legislatures make the draw law, not the Secretary of State. But I have so to point out right. that he, here's the problem with this, because I'm obviously on the side of the truth. And I didn't buy into the election was a fraud. I didn't buy into it at all. And the reason I didn't buy into it was I didn't have incontrovertible evidence to tell my listeners and viewers that Dominion voting machines did this or Wisconsin did that. What I did do, and this is what should have happened, and I'd like to get your opinion on it. I said maybe three days after the election when there was all this turbulence, because I was taken aback too by some of the states that at midnight had large leads for Donald Trump and at five in the morning that had evaporated. I went, whoa. I asked President Trump to appoint a special prosecutor through Bill Barr, the attorney general. I said, you got to do this now while you're a president. You've mm -hmm. got to get a special prosecutor up there to look into every charge that the election was fraudulent. Trump and Barr did not do it. And once they did not do it, then skepticism came in to me. Second, in Pennsylvania, which is a very nebulous 
dubious state when it comes to elections. The Supreme Court Justice Alito sent a signal on election night. We will hear any challenges to the state vote because Alito is in charge of that area. None were sent to Alito. None. That's right. right. So as a journalist, not an advocate, not an activist, I'm sitting here and I'm watching avenues that could have produced at least some kind of clarity being ignored. Yep. And so I never bought in. Where did right. I go wrong? Well, it wasn't your fault, Bill. This, uh, people, people were scared back then. Of, uh, judges scared to look at not one judge looked at anything based on merit. Not, not to this day have they looked at anything based on merit. You had anomalies that you might not have heard about. Maybe you did. Pennsylvania had more votes than voters and turned in their electors. You had 106,000 votes come down in the middle of the night for Biden in Michigan and 2,000 for Trump. But everyone said, oh, those are the mail-in votes, those darn Democrats. That's not true. The mail-in votes in Michigan were counted on the morning of the 3rd. Uh, you had, it, like in a primary, uh, this was uh, some, in 2022, a Democrat in Georgia, uh, three Democrats running, she got zero votes in her own precinct. Um, you have all these anomalies that nobody would look into, and we, we did, people did look into them, but it was the media. When lawfare was used in no, this you're country- you're never going to get the media to, to prop up anything right, because right. they were so against- but it, right. but so it was never get the word. People it, did not. None get of the this word. stuff that you mentioned was ever certified. OK, which means that you file a lawsuit and a complaint. And here is the complaint. And it goes to Judge Henry or whoever. But yes, I, there was. Yes, there was. And, they, and it's just been judges have never ruled on merit. I could list off tens of, or probably 100 cases. That they might were, be they, true. Right. I don't know if it's true or not, but it might be right. true because each state controls its own vote. But I'll go back to the fact that if Donald Trump is president and Bill Barr as attorney general had appointed a special prosecutor to look into allegations that you just put on this program, that would have stopped the madness. But they didn't do it. Now, well, you can say that, but I think uh, Bill Barr actually ordered the investigation in Pennsylvania to stand down. Uh, he, he, and, uh, but Trump could have easily overridden him. Trump no. had the power. Well, you, you know, back then we were living in an anomaly in history. And what I look at now, here's what I look at, Bill. I'm going to tell you this. At my pillow, 2012, I took in $100 million up from zero when I first invented my pillow and first did my first commercial. I woke up in May that year and I was $6 million in debt. And I had to, I go, what happened? What happened? I dug into it, into all the things that happened and brought it all inside of my pillow. My pillow would not be here today if it wasn't for the failures of 2012, where we learned the mistakes that were made, the betrayal, everything else, and 83 million my pillows later. I look at the 2020 election as the most important election in history because from that, after three years of work of all the people that I, I have over 300,000 people on the ground in all 50 states. We have over, and we're able to look into all these different things and you're gonna still see them coming out. This is to repair our election platform, not to overturn 2020. This is everything that no, comes I know. out you're of looking, You're looking forward and that's worthy. Um, yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. Now listen, 
You get something solid, Mike. You give it to me. Okay. Right away. <laughs> right Okay, Because I don't have any corporate masters here. I run the corporation just like you run it. The only difference between you and me is I got my cross underneath my shirt. Okay? Nobody tells me what to do. You get something solid that you think in 24 there's going to be shenanigans. You know, you see it. Did you did you see down in Georgia that the uh, that finally, after three years, the curling case with Rassenberger down there, uh, Brad Rasper, one of the biggest blockers this country's ever seen. That that judge ruled, Obama appointed judge this fall ruled that the you can look into these electronic machines and you're not a conspiracy theorist. That went to court on January 9th. The uh, Halderman, uh, uh, Alex Halderman, a professor, hacked into the machine with a ballpoint pen right in front of the judge. I saw the story. I, right, I saw right. the story. But I'm, they, looking, these are thi- right. I'm looking ahead now. So you okay. see anything? That, I will bring it to you because we have you great You bring it to me right up. away because you'll get a fair play here. Okay. All right, Mike, thanks very much. And again, we appreciate your business. That's not why you're on, by the way. You're on as uh, a news person here, giving information to the folks. But um, stay well, stay strong. Here's a gem from the No Spin News Vault. So uh, yesterday in Japan, Zelensky, president of Ukraine, shows up at the G7. He was invited um, because the G7 is supporting Zelensky's fight against Putin. So at that G7, Biden apparently promises uh, to send Zelensky $375 million more in aid, including ammunition, artillery, armored vehicles. Okay, so $375 million more. We're into, you know, 40, 50 billion, I think. Um, Now, the F-16s, this is murky. So America has not said we're going to send USA F-16s to Ukraine. They have not said that. They say F-16s may arrive, but maybe not from us. It's murky. Now, I said in the beginning they should not be giving Zelensky offensive weapons where he can go in and bomb Russia itself. Because if that happens, that gives Putin the justification to blow the living hell out of Ukraine using nuke weapons. Once the Ukrainians have an F-16 going in and bombing Russian cities, Putin could move. Okay? So, you're going to send them, then you have to say to Zelensky, you can't do offensive bombing raids. You can't go outside your border. can't go into Russian airspace. You can use them as defensive. Okay, it's really fraught with danger here. So that I'm tracking it. Don't know for sure whether those F-16s are going to show up. Now, as many of you know, I I read an enormous amount. I have to uh, to stay ahead of everything. And I've been reading a book called Only the Dead by Jack Carr. Jack Carr writes contemporary thrillers. Okay, and I don't read a lot of fiction anymore uh, because I have to read nonfiction. Um, but I, re- I read Carr because Carr uh, teaches me something, all right? He has a lot of credibility with me because he's a Navy SEAL. He served in Afghanistan, served in Iraq. Um, he knows, 
All right. And he writes about those things and he writes thrillers and they move along. Okay, And that's another prerequisite. I can't be like trying to get through it. It has to like my books, the killing books, they have to fly through. All right. So I'm reading only the dead. And in chapter two, a paragraph I'm going to read to you, quote, the war in Ukraine was not going well from a tactical perspective. From a strategic perspective, it had exceeded beyond their Russia's expectations. The Americans were drawn in, funding the corrupt Ukrainian government at levels unheard of, even at the height of their follies in Iraq and Afghanistan, unquote. So joining us now from Cleveland, Ohio, is Jack Carr. And uh, thank you for your service to this country, number one. Thank you for the entertaining books, number two. And as I just uh, said, you, uh, in chapter two, kind of cast aspersions at NATO and the USA defending Ukraine. Is that your uh, opinion? Well, it's coming from a uh, Russian character, in this case, a Russian intelligence official. So I like to show what I think that is in their minds and also encourage people to go a little bit deeper and maybe just not take a, uh, a singular talking point or a singular tweet as their own opinion, because we can take these lessons and hopefully apply them going forward in the future as wisdom. And there's a lot of lessons to learn from the situation in Ukraine. Um, but when I'm think when we think about NATO and we think about the end of the Cold War and how many countries that used to fall under that Soviet umbrella are now a part of NATO and are right on Russia's borders, uh, I think it's important to take the enemy's perspective into account, especially if you're going to end up eventually at that negotiating table. Okay. Now you're a sophisticated uh, analyst of these things because you were in Afghanistan, you were in Iraq combat vet, uh, led men there. You understand, I think, the big picture. And the big picture here and why I support um, the defense against Putin is because of Taiwan and Xi, you know that. And Putin himself is, uh, you know, really suffering in Ukraine. And the Russians didn't think that it would turn out this way, a stalemate pretty much, and they're losing thousands and thousands of people. So even though we're paying an enormous amount of money to prop up Ukraine, uh, it seems to me globally, as the cliche goes, it's worth it. Am I wrong? So the, there's there's a little more to it than just what we hear in a singular tweet from someone or a singular talking point from someone. And my hope is through reading these books that people take that extra effort to go a little deeper into it and Think about the end of the Cold War. Think about the uh, new countries that have joined NATO since then, right up against Russia's border, to put ourselves in those Russian shoes, because eventually we, the West, NATO, Ukraine, are going to end up at the negotiating table with Russia. So understanding okay, their perspective. That's, like, that's all, theor- that, Jack, that's all theoretical. I, I want to get away from the theoretical. Right now, you've got Ukraine fighting Russia to a standstill a stalemate right now. Okay. That hurts Putin. She's watching this in China. Okay. That may inhibit him from invading Taiwan. If we didn't fight Putin with aid and all of the military stuff that NATO and the USA has given him, I think it'd be a lot easier for Xi to invade Taiwan. Do you disagree with that? Oh, that our response for sure to the invasion of Ukraine is teaching the Chinese something about what happens to them if they invade 
Taiwan, no doubt, no doubt about that. So for that reason alone, then to dissuade an invasion, Chinese invasion of Taiwan, then that may be a reason to continue this. And does it need to be drawn out? How long? That's the real question is how long does it need to be drawn out? What steps can we take here? Because right now, Russia might have thought this was going to go a little faster, be more and by faster, I mean World War One, World War Two, not some of their longer wars than that. And but what happened was all of that grift that's just inherent in that Russian system, even more so after the end of the Cold War, made them think they had more bullets, more people, even, more tanks, more aircraft that were operable than they actually had. So now they're into this thing and they're digging deep back into the reserves, pulling out equipment that uh comes from the 60s the 70s up into the 80s but even repairing the stuff from the 80s and the 90s that gets more difficult so some of this older stuff we're seeing we think it's a bad sign but actually it works a little better because it's not as technical and they can throw a lot of it at this problem okay you write about the corrupt ukrainian government do you believe Zelensky's corrupt do you think that uh our money is not being used the way it should be used It'll be just interesting to do an audit. That's that's for sure. But is it any more corrupt than what we have going on here with, uh, let's say, pharmaceutical lobbyists and uh, defense lobbyists and all that? Probably by a few degrees. But uh, but I certainly uh, talk about the similarities between their system and ours. Okay, so you don't trust Zelensky. <laughs> okay, um, I don't particularly trust Zelensky either, um, and he's got full power in that country to do whatever he wants. When you saw Biden pull out of Afghanistan. It must have been personal for you. You were there. You were there with uh, the SEALs and doing uh, fighting for the freedom of that country, which was never going to happen anyway. We know that. But what did you think about Biden's pull out of Afghanistan? I mean, it's, it's so disheartening on a variety of levels. But to think that we had 20 years to prepare for this eventuality, and that is the best that we could possibly do uh, from our elected representatives to our military leadership, 20 years. And someone didn't need to have any touch points with the military, never had to read a book on strategy or tactics to look at that situation and ask a couple questions, apply some common sense to it and ask, why did we give up this tactically advantageous position here in Bagram and put our young men and women at, the, at this Kabul airport in a tactically disadvantageous position? on the way out of that country. So that was the best the United States could do after 20 years at war and 20 years to prepare. And I think that's uh, contributing to our recruiting issue right now in the military. Okay, and let's get to that. A lot of people say the military's woke. Um, they're uh, doing the uh, inclusion, diversity, equity thing there. Any opinion on that? Well, if it's not going to help our country prepare for war, it certainly doesn't need to be a part of how we spend our time in the military and where we allocate our assets in the military. That should be yeah, the baseline. Will, but, but let me, let me, let me, you, you know, guys still in the SEALs, active guys. Are they saying that it's going downhill? I have heard that it is not what it once was. I think that's the, without me actually being there in those shoes, that's the, uh, I'm comfortable saying that it is not, not what it once was. And it's a tough time for those guys to be in, especially coming off such a strong run from 2001 onward when we got to go downrange and do the job that we prepared to do and wanted to do. Um, yeah, it's tough for them right now. All right, Jack. Thanks very much. The book again is Only the Dead. And I think you guys will enjoy it. We appreciate it, Jack. Good luck to you. Thank you for listening to the No Spin News Weekend Edition. 
To watch the full episodes of the No Spin News, visit BillOReilly.com and sign up to become a premium or concierge member. That's BillOReilly.com. Sign up and start watching today. 